Colton's winning streak is over after a disappointing loss against the Suns. Hawthorne gets 69 by a rampaging St Kilda. And Frio are gonna win the flag. This is the Drill Footy Show. Hey, long road, took a tumble down this black hole. Stuck in Sunday League, but I'm on levels with Ronaldo. Hello, you bonkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Drew Footy Show. We're back, Jesse, and we've watched a lot of footy this weekend, haven't we, buddy? We sure did. I'm intoxicated from football. Look, our lives get busy sometimes. We don't always get to watch every game of football. So like I said in the first week, we're, this is just going to be a bit more of a chillax sort of yarn sort of vibe, you know what I'm saying, cuz? How, how are you going, Jesse, just in general, man-to-man? What's been popping? Work's been popping. Popping like a G. Um, I actually had a migraine this weekend and then had to work all weekend. So uh, things have been better. I have booked a, or I'm about to book a trip to Europe. So things are looking up, Drews. Hot. I was going to say that migraine sounded like a real headache. <laughs> Get it? That's barely a pun. Anyhow, football, we're back. If you want to be involved in the show next week, go over and follow DrewFooty underscore on Instagram. I asked for questions on there and I didn't get too many. So uh, we're not, we're just going to roll with the Drewsy questions this week, Jesse. Uh, but I'm sure next week there'll be more questions from the people at home. Go follow up, DrewFooty underscore. Also, I'm trying to hit 7K by the end of May, Jesse. That is my goal. Fancy. So if you haven't subscribed already, half the people that watch my videos aren't subscribed. I've checked the statistics. Make sure you subscribe if you enjoy the content. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Bloke of the week doesn't get much more blokier than this, Jesse. When you think of an Aussie bloke, you think tradie at the footy. And there was a proper tradie at the footy on Friday night at the game between Geelong and Brisbane. Every time there was a goal kick to the left of screen, the ball ended up in a construction site. And there was some Steve in there getting the ball, giving it a good wipe to be COVID safe and whatnot. And I'm going to give him bloke of the week this week, Jesse. Do you have any input on this or not? Ah, uh, yeah, I loved it, man. It was sick. Bloke from GMHVA, you are the bloke of the week. <laughs> 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 I loved it, man. I'm sick. You should leave that in. <laughs> we'll stay at GMHBA with Steve, the construction bloke, to talk about Geelong versus Brisbane, a top of the table clash. They didn't play in finals last year. That was the year before they were in the prelim against each other. And I'm pretty disappointed in Brisbane, Jesse. Not because just because I got my tip wrong. I got three out of nine tips this round. I saw Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Stinky. I'm I'm having an absolute stinker in the tips. But anyway, Gross. I thought you know. <laughs> oh, no. I've been there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from that. Um, I just thought you know Brisbane. They're an up and coming side. Their potential is still like they they haven't hit their ceiling yet. But you can see that they're improving each week. I thought last season they played Geelong down at GMHBA and they were literally a kick away from winning. They should have had a free kick at the end. They should have won this game, uh, that game last year. So I thought they're an improving side. They should beat Geelong. But Geelong stood up, put their heels in the ground and said, no, 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 no. We are as good as we've been. And I actually think that Geelong are as good as they have been for the last three years. You said it in the first week that you have respect for Geelong because they're just the same old Geelong, still chugging along. And they just, yeah, got the dub in this one. I think Hawkins had five, really carried the load. Um, he's really crafty with his little shoves in the back. He pushed Harris Andrews in the back at the end blatantly and got away with it. He's a crafty little fella. 
Um, this was a bit disappointing for Brisbane, Jesse, but what did you make of the outcome of this match? I'm probably not as critical as you are on their result because I just I do think Geelong at GMHBA is a really tough opponent, um, but they've, they've shown that they can play well there. They lost this game by 10 points last year. What did they lose by? Under a goal, I, th- I think it was. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's one they can just sort of shake off. They're still 3-1 and one and 148%, uh, according to my statistics. So um, <laughs> I think they, uh, I think they're looking okay. And to be honest, I, I, you almost talked me into tipping them. But as you say with Geelong, they're uh, they're playing some really good footy. And when you've got Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron in the same forward line, if one is having an off day, the other one bobs up and kicks five. And Hawkins, in, in addition to being a, a really talented footballer, he's also sort of like you say a crafty, smart footballer that you see when you know players reach a certain age that they know the tricks of the trade. So yeah, very very hard team to beat Geelong. And um, they're looking not as good as anyone, but uh, they're not far off the pace, I don't think. Uh, is it Marcus Adams who plays for Brisbane? Yeah. Is that his name, Marcus Adams? Yeah. yeah, down back. I just wanted to make sure I got that right. He was uh, really solid. He had about five intercept marks in the first five minutes of the third quarter. And up the other end, Dan McStay, he's a free agent at the end of this season. He's going to get a massive payout if he keeps playing games like he did against the Cats. He was clunking some real tough marks. And he literally looks just like he's got glue in his hands, mate. He can be in a contest, shoving, shoving, shoving until the last milliseconds gets his hands to the ball. I was very impressed by Dan McSay's game. Um, But we will move on. That's all I really took out of that game. And we'll move on to the Thursday night game. We're going back in time now. Port Adelaide versus the Ds. Port Adelaide didn't kick a goal in the first half. And that's what's going to happen when you try to play kick to kick against the Ds. Jesse, you're trying to get through a spider web like defense in the D's. You've got players like Jake Lever, Stephen May, and Max Gorn who will take marks all day long down back if you're going to build up the play slow. And it just was a very boring first half. The intensity was high, which sort of made it okay to view, but very low scoring. Um, and I think that put the D's off their game as well because they sort of couldn't get that fast pace that they like to play at. Things aren't getting any less stinky at Port Adelaide, Jesse. Yeah, you're right. There's uh, they, they're a strange one to assess. I think they're the number one clearance side, or very close to it. I think they're number one, um, which is which is odd. I don't know if I checked that in the middle of the round, so I could be wrong on that. Someone will fact check me. But either way, a strong clearance side. Uh, but it seems to be the way they move the footy, uh, particularly um, the the pace at which they move the footy, is uh, not conducive to winning. It, it actually really reminds me of West Coast last year, where uh, we we looked really down on confidence and not moving the ball with any real intent. Um, and there was criticisms of Port Adelaide's game plan. They're saying, you know, you're, you're trying to bomb it long to to key forwards, and and uh, a you don't have Charlie Dixon, and b you're coming up against the best intercepting defensive side in the comp. So uh, I don't know if that's a, a game plan issue or if it's just a lack of execution on their on on their style. They're not playing the way they they're coached to, perhaps. So I don't know exactly know what the root cause is, but um, we're definitely past the point I think or where things are concerning at Port Adelaide. Yeah, where do you reckon they go from here? Because obviously it's not going well. They're on a clear downhill trajectory. What can you do from here? Is it just a sack the coach? Is it a back in the coach? I don't think you sack the coach this early in the season, particularly when he's uh, just made two prelims in a row and, and ultimately been a pretty successful coach over the stretch. I think he's earned a bit more than that. Um, and I don't know what bringing in a caretaker would really achieve anyway. So uh, then there's also the financial situation. I don't know where his contract sits, but uh, for them, they've just got to try and improve, make something out of this season. And um, I think it's probably the point where if they lose against Carlton in round five, um, then it's almost time to pack up stumps in terms of making finals, to be honest. That'd be a real shame given the potential that they have. Mm. Uh, 
speaking about a side with no potential, we'll move on to West Coast, who got their first win of the season Good segue. against Collingwood on Saturday. I didn't get to watch too much of this game, but I'm pretty sure everyone would have tipped Collingwood going into this after the Eagles getting shafted by COVID in the first four weeks or first three weeks of the season. Uh, couldn't field a full AFL list, had to dip into the waffle to get some players to step in. Still got some players from the waffle in their side, but they managed to go over to Marvel and get a big win, a big four-quarter effort win after not being able to run out games. Jesse, you must have been very happy with your boys on Saturday. Yes, I was uh, screaming and cheering despite the migraine. That's how, how good it was. It's definitely one, uh, <laughs> one of the more memorable wins for a while. Um, that sounds like a real headache. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a new one. I like it. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was a really spirited performance. One of those days where everything we tried sort of worked. Um, unearthed a few real good players. I think Patrick Nash. It's hard to believe he got delisted with the way he's playing. To be honest, I think he's got a real future as an AFL wingman. Um, and and to, if I had to highlight anyone, um, I want to say Willie Rioli. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the AFL. I don't think he has quite the um, the reputation that he deserves. I think he's genuinely one of the better, certainly one of the best Eagles. And um, I think if, uh, dare I sound like a, a typical West Australian, but I think if he played for a Vic club, he'd have a much bigger profile. He's that good. Yeah, I agree. And also shout out McGovern. I think he's uh, third in the coaches' votes as well. So um, for a guy who's copped some criticism lately for maybe not stepping up when the Eagles have sucked, He's been one of our best players, if not the best this year. So, yeah, happy happy days, but um, it would be nice to get some midfielders in. Yeah, Rioli's one of those players that just makes something happen every time he's on the ball. Really electric sort of player. Um, what did you make of the Pies' performance? Because they've sort of... Well, they've had a few good games this season already. They've exceeded expectations. Do you think they sort of just waltzed into this game expecting to win? I think that's possible. They had a couple of outs of themselves, Dugowie and uh, Taylor Adams out of their midfield, which kind of equalised, not equalised, they were still much stronger on paper and and ultimately should have won the game. But uh, that was two pretty important plays from their midfield. But, I mean, they they won the midfield battle uh, quite easily, I think, other than the centre stoppages because we have Nat Nui, obviously. But uh, it felt like they should have won. They just... Do it didn't um, make the most of their opportunities. There was some poor kicks inside 50. Um, there was some just moments where two pious players would spoil each other or collide right at the end. That almost decided the game, actually. Uh, it was just one of those days for Collingwood. And maybe it was an attitude thing going in. I couldn't answer that. But uh, I don't think they, they looked far off in intensity. It was just execution wasn't there. And uh, West Coast happened to execute absolutely every opportunity they got. Is it true that Nick Nat's out for a few months now? Yeah, that is true. So the, What's happened there then? The football gods giveth and they taketh away. That's how the football <laughs> world works at the moment for the Eagles. Uh, he's done a medial ligament. Um, uh, so, I know all about those. Yeah, yeah. Medial ligament nuts. Um, he, ah. Yeah, no, unfortunately, it's, it's a massive blow and um, it's really deflating, to be honest. But uh, yes, it's kind of just common with the tone of this season, unfortunately. Was that just the training today? No, it happened in late in the fourth quarter. F's in the chat for Nick Nutt. Never want to see a player go down to injury. Um, do you think this is a bit of a turning point for West Coast in the season, or do you think that now that Nick Nutt's out, 
your, your toast. Well, last time Nick Nat went down, um, we all wrote at the Eagles off and they won the flag. Um, he did that in like all round right, 17. All right, no further comment. We'll move on. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, I, I think there's an opportunity. I think there's an opportunity. But we, we're in this situation where we can't lose too many more 50-50 games. And while we're banging on praise, Druzy, for, uh, for these Eagles, I'm going to give the Eagles winners of the week this week because I'm biased and it's possibly the only one we're going to get all year. So I'll take it. I think it was a really spirited performance. There's a few contenders this week, as I'm sure we'll get to those. But uh, for me... Winners of the week, baby. Richmond played the Bulldogs on Saturday night. Josiah at the MCG. Richmond coming off a pretty disappointing performance against St. Kilda in the previous week. Not looking so disappointing now, given how good St. Kilda have looked. But they took on the Bulldogs. The the mighty Bulldogs. Uh, they, they weren't a premiership team. They played in the grand final last year. And they had massive expectations going into this year. Don't think if you ask the Bulldogs fan how their first four rounds went that they'd be one in three, Jesse. I don't know how hard to be on the Bulldogs. And they're, they're on the borderline of getting losers of the week for me, Jesse. But the first week they had Melbourne, best team in the comp. Look, that's an L, that's fine. Second week, come up against Carlton. Carlton, at the time, were the hottest team in football. All right, look, Carlton, probably pretty good. We'll, we'll write that one off. Get a win against Sydney. That's a big win. Happy days. They might be back on track now. They should go beat Richmond, who seem to be sort of on the decline. And they lose, Jesse. They kick seven goals, 19. A Dockers-esque performance in front of goal. But I'm just confused. I don't know how harsh to be on the Bulldogs. Where do you see them at the moment? I wonder if we're not as harsh on them because of... Port Adelaide because they're kind of taking the shine off them at the moment um, in terms of contending teams from last year that have fallen off the face of the earth. I, I don't think it's as dark uh, and dire the Bulldogs um, by comparison. I think their opponents have been solid. I think Carlton played good footy that game. Uh, in round one, they played the reigning premiers. Uh, round three, they beat Sydney. And, and the thing is with Richmond is that they can pull out these performances. And if, if a team yeah. has a style that doesn't hold up against Richmond or if Richmond has a style that is capable of breaking down another side, um, as we can see this year, they've been up and down like more than anyone, I would say, Richmond. Um, if you kick seven goals, 19 as well, you, you're going to get found out. So it was probably one where they probably should have won the game had they kicked accurately. Um, but again, uh, Richmond is such an unknown quantity that it's um, it's hard to mark them too harshly. That being said, one and three is definitely, they don't look like the team of last year, so they need to get their act together. Yeah, a bit concerning. But yeah, Richmond, I've sort of wrote them off a few weeks ago, and then they pop up for a win like this. Uh, they popped up for a good win against GWS as well. So they're going to be a side that's just going to cause these massive upsets and then be the ones on the receiving end of massive upsets, it seems. We'll head over the the continent to see the, the Fremantle Dockers take on GWS on Saturday night. Clash of the Titans. And Jesse, <laughs> a real clash of the Titans. Um, first off, before I get into Frio, I want to talk about GWS, Jesse, because they have been given a premiership on a platter by the AFL with all of the top picks they've been given over the years. And they've got all these stars in the team. They've got Cornelios, Josh Kellys, Wards, Whitfields. Bloody, um, the list goes on. Jesse Hogan, a massive talent, or he was touted to be a massive talent. Wasn't very good at free, I must say. But they've got all of these superstars scattered throughout their side. And they're coming over to Perth to play Frio, who haven't looked good in the last few weeks. And we just dominated them. I, I will talk about Frio and the, the way that we played. But GWS are getting the losers of the week for me this week because I just do not know where they're at at this point, Jesse. To be in a grand final in 2018, miss the finals the next year. They looked good in points last year after a slow start. They're just so 
stagnant. I feel, Jesse. What do you think about the Giants? I think you nailed it. I think the criticism is very fair. I don't think they have uh, the excuses to be playing as listlessly as they as they do. What was it? Um, Cameron Ling made a weird analogy today. He said they're like junk food. There's no nutritional yeah. value. I don't even really get it. But it's uh, yeah, maybe maybe it looks tasty, but uh, not so much nutrition. I don't, I don't know what he's getting at there. But yeah, um, yeah. In terms of of, of talent, there's got to be uh, there is a lot of pressure on Leon Cameron to deliver. And um, I don't know if they've been handed a, a premiership because it's such a unique sort of way that they enter the league. But nonetheless, they are underachieving with the ability they have. And, and on paper, and like no disrespect to Fremantle, you look at that team and I think G- GWS should win. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. the case of a lot of their games this year. But right now, I wouldn't feel not confident against them as, as a West Coast fan. And that's because they have looked um, you know, subpar this year so far with just one win against the Gold Coast Suns. So no, I think, I think you're spot on, mate. GWS stinking it up at the moment, but let's give some more credit to the Fremantle Dockers. And I think it was a massive step up in our midfield from previous weeks. Will Brody's sort of been finding his feet, but he had 37 disposals, 20 contested possessions. Uh, Brayshaw had 26 disposals despite being tagged. But the more youth in this Frio side, Jesse, the better. Nathan O'Driscoll, big fan of his. He plays with so much passion every single week. Got two goals and 20 disposals on the wing. He's a hard worker, which is obviously a prerequisite for the wing position. And the wings have been an area of weakness. I'd also like to give a shout out to Blake Akers, who I've been critical of in the past. He's in some real good form at the moment. I hope he's taken the step up. He's obviously put in the work in the preseason. Um, so shout out to Blake Akers, but Heath Chapman and Hayden Young off half back. These kids are our future. They're both 20 years old, looking like 100 game plus players. So composed when the ball comes down that end. They never seem to panic and they get some real good run off the half back line as well. They know when to take the game on. They have the speed to break lines. Uh, Switkowski is another one that's a real good line breaker as well. I just took a weird tangent, but um, yeah, Hayden Young, Heath Chapman on our house on our half-back line for the next 10 years. That's, uh, yeah, some real top, top quality stuff. We didn't kick the ball straight for three quarters, Jesse, and I was feeling very frustrated as this seems to be a current trend because we had enough possession of the ball to put the game to bed in the third quarter and the second quarter, but we just couldn't get the the reward for effort that we were putting in. Come to the fourth quarter and we kicked six goals straight and put the game to bed like it was nobody's business. And it felt really good. But um, yeah, this was our, our best performance of the season by far. We had a real high intensity. Um, and yeah, given the star power of GWS coming up against us, who are the, the second youngest list in the competition, uh, this win means a lot to the Freo faithful and the, the, just the club in general. It's a big win. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, as well, one of the biggest positives out of all those names you mentioned, those young players who are genuinely con- uh, contributing, uh, Driscoll's been really, really good in particular, and Chapman. But uh, about five of the six you mentioned are West Australian and you add in Erasmus in there as well. So retention has been an issue for you guys, but you've got some genuine gun WA talent in that side as well. So um, that uh, hopefully speaks to you know more stable future. Yeah, Matty Johnson, he'll sort of be back. I reckon he'll debut maybe in six or seven weeks. Jai Amos was one of the best uh, Colt forwards last year. He's kicking goals in the Waffle for our uh, affiliate side, Peel Thunder, at the moment. So, yeah, the future's looking bright. We just need to keep this consistency. But a good point was made, I think it was by a journalist interviewing Jamie Graham. You get these inconsistent games with young sides, and that's maybe something that I didn't really think about. But if we can start getting consistent footy in the next two seasons with this young side, we're going to be a a real uh, tough team 
to compete against on a weekly basis. But anyhow, let us know what you think of Frio down in the comments below. Come on, you dokers. That was a very nice win. Both of our teams won, Jesse, for the first time this season. Hey! St. Kilda played Hawthorne on Sunday, Jesse. And I'm not going to lie and pretend like I watched this game, but you can see St. Kilda have flicked the bloody switch, mate. As you said in the intro, 69 the Hawks, winning by a margin of 69. I was was going to do a gesture, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm glad that you won't. Um, I was just saying about the inconsistency of young teams, and I think we saw that. You predicted that last week, I think, that... Hawthorne are going to have these games where they just get blown out of the water. And um, I think since the second half of that uh, Frio game, the Saints have really turned a corner in their season. They're playing some real good footy. I watched the highlights of this game and they move the ball really fast. Um, and it's really hard to defend. Brad Hill had four goals and 23 touches off half forward. And it's just good that he can use that creativity to impact the scoreboard up the ground rather than being off half back or on a wing. Um, and obviously you got a, a nice one-two punch with the rock combo, Paddy Ryder, and then you got Rowan Marshall giving first use to the midfield. That's really working well together at the moment. St. Kilda are my winners of the week. Their fans think that I hate them, but that's only partially true. And um, yeah, they're uh, on the right track. What do you make of the Saints, Jesse? Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with all of that. I think the sit- sitting three and one is a really good position to be in. Uh, at the moment, and and I think you highlighted that Fremantle game where it clicked in the second half is 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 good. I, I was critical on them to that point, and I I stand by that. To be honest, I'm not uh, not going to backflip on everything I said, but I think the football <laughs> hey, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> the football that they've played since then has been a big improvement. So sometimes it's just being patient, waiting for it to click a little bit. And I think one of the biggest driving factors of that is uh, the the attacking options that they have. Like Max King is the obvious key forward there so when you've got a genuine aerial threat like that it makes it easier for all your your sort of uh ancillary options um to to bob up so you know higgins has, has kicked a few goals this year uh member is a good player in there as well and then brad, brad hill coming uh into the, uh, the forward line and uh, able to impact as well which just means they've got more uh, avenues to goal and obviously it all sort of went bang this week against hawthorne we'll quickly touch on the gold coast versus carlton game which closed out round for jesse uh, it's a bit unfortunate for Carlton. They've been this big steam train coming through, ready to ruin every club's day until their ruckman goes down and they can't get f- uh, first use to their midfielders. Jared Witts, one of the more underrated players in the comp, definitely a top five ruckman in the league for me, in my opinion. Um, gave first use to Utuk Millers, Lockie Wellers, and Noah Anderson, who had one of his best games at the AFL level. Obviously, when you're giving first use to the u- your midfielders, you get more forward 50 entries. And Gold Coast were potent up forward. I've been a big fan of Marbia Chole this season. I think he's really found his role up forward for Gold Coast. Carlton, not getting the dub up in Gold Coast. How much do they read into this loss? Oh, I, I think they can shake it off to some extent. Um, you don't want to... They were in danger of blowing their expectations out of the water a little bit going 3-0. and um, And maybe that was a factor in this game. Uh, maybe they couldn't quite get themselves up for this this game after a one-point win against Hawthorne where they faded badly late. So there's a, there's a few factors at play there. And then I think Pitney and, and Cripps basically not playing in this game as well was a huge blow to their, their stoppage game, which is um, 
uh, you know, when you watch AFL on the couch. Uh, wait, it's not called <laughs> AFL on the couch. I'm such a noob. <laughs> but uh, when you watch those sort of analysis shows, they show that um, unsurprisingly Carlton generate a lot of their opportunities from uh, that stoppage situation. So uh, is it a concern going forward too early to say you don't want to um, blow it out of context that Carlton rely too heavily on uh, having a Ruckman in Cripps? But again, like you say with Wits, he's a he's an experienced Ruckman. And he's also massive. He's, a, he's about 209 centimetres. So you're putting a lot of pressure on deconing there. Uh, and then an undermanned midfield. So it just didn't go Carlton's way. And uh, I think uh, they they have an opportunity now against Port Adelaide to, to put it to bed. I don't, I don't think it's a massive loss in, in this whole scheme of things. So as I said at the start of the video, three out of nine for me. And I thought it was quite an easy round to tip. But, you know, that's the nature of football. There's always going to be upsets. Uh, Cade Wilson is leading my competition, Jesse. He's leading mine too. Tips. Oh, really? There yeah. you go. 28 total. Good job. I'm stinking down in 79th, and you're 10th in my league, Jesse. So congratulations. Thank you. This is a, a real reverse of last year where you had a really bright start and I was stinking it up from round one. So it's uh, nice to be on the winner's list. The less you know, the better, it seems. All right, let's get into the tips for round five. The first game is Brisbane versus Collingwood at the Gabba. Hey. See Brisbane absolutely pumping Collingwood by 42 points. You insulted me. You said the less you know, the better. And then you moved on really quickly. I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. You got me. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say Brisbane uh, get the job done here uh, quite quite comfortably. They're a good team. It's a home game and they're better than Collingwood. So, yeah, I agree. Four or five goals. Marvel Stadium. This was an absolute pumping last year. North versus the Bulldogs. Although North competed well last week. We didn't talk about North Melbourne again, but I was actually very impressed with how they played against Sydney. Um, Bulldogs win this though, surely to God. Yeah, I don't think the gaps close that much. I'd be shocked. And if the North, <laughs> if North do win this, then the dogs are done. West Coast versus Sydney at Optus, Jesse. Who have you got? I've gone Sydney narrowly. I think there's a bit of optimism, uh, and we've got some good midfielders coming back into the side. But uh, you have to look at it in the the whole scheme of things. Sydney are a better team than us. Marvel Stadium hosts St. Kilda and Gold Coast. St. Kilda are looking real good right now. I see this being a close game, uh, but I've tipped the Saints. Yeah, I agree with you. There usually is a close game between these two sides, but St. Kilda are in good good form, so you've got to uh, back them in. Adelaide are hosting Richmond on Saturday. This is a tricky one. I feel like Adelaide are snarling for a win. I want to tip Adelaide, the home side here. Oh, I like that. I really, really wanted to tip, Carl, uh, sorry, tip Adelaide. I have gone with Richmond in a thriller, but I, I sense big upset vibes. I think Adelaide could beat them. Adelaide are just one of those sides that, like, they they remind me of Freo in the last few years. Like, they can just get an upset at home every now and then. Mm. Um, and they're, they're competing well, the Crows. So I'm going to back them in for a, a win and another Richmond bipolar performance. I think um, I think Richmond struggled to beat them at Adelaide Oval historically, too. Melbourne versus GWS. Melbourne, and if GWS lose this one, could be bye-bye time for Leon. Hmm. Could be. This is exactly the sort of game they'd win, though. They are backed by 1% of people on ESPN footy tips, but of course I'm tipping Melbourne. MCG, Colton versus Port. Port won this game easily last year. Could we see a turning of the tables? Yes, I think we will. I'm going to tip Colton to win at home. I'm going for shock upset. Port Adelaide keep a bit of life in their season with a win here. Shut up. Yeah, I am. Oh my days, mate. That is that is as bold as Gary Ablett. It is bold, I know, but I've just got this sixth sense and you know how I am. I can uh, I can see the future. This is a tricky one. Essendon versus Frio. 
Essendon always seem to beat us, especially at Marvel. I can't remember the last time we beat Essendon at Marvel. And I feel like I get all my tips wrong because I'm just reading into form too late. I feel like Essendon won last week and they could beat us, but we're better than Essendon, in my opinion. I'm going to tip the Dockers. Yeah, I, I literally echo exactly everything you said. I, I think Essendon have a knack for beating you at Marvel, but I think Fremantle have been better this year and I'm more confident. But uh, it's a, it is a tough one. And the last game on Easter Monday, we got Hawthorne versus Geelong. Should be an easy win for Geelong, I think. I will say it's closer than you're suggesting. Only 7% of people were tipping Hawthorne. Uh, they really jumped off the bandwagon, which is not a surprise. But I think they, they, they could live for this, but I'm still tipping Geelong just to be safe. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Drew Footy Show. Make sure you like the video if you enjoyed it and comment down below what your thoughts are of your current team's situation. Jesse, thank you for coming along. Anything you'd like to say to finish off the show? Thank you so much for watching. You mean the world to us. And we'll leave it at that. That was creepy. Namaste. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. You plonkers. See ya.